episode 396 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans' weekly podcast of many topics, usually of the, well, retro variety. Uh, my name is Zach Wilkerson, and I will be your host today. Um, and uh, before I introduce our panelists, let's talk about what we're here to talk about today. Um, we are going to be talking about Lunar the Silver Star in all its various iterations, at least four, depending on how you're counting. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd love to introduce our panel, starting with you, Ben Love. Hi, everybody. And Noah. Hello. And Scott. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm good. Um, and excited to talk to all of you. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry it's not about Eternal Blue. Scott, ah, you know, is the greatest video game of all time. It is the greatest video game of all time. <laughs> I, I love that, that that's your opinion because I, I love Eternal Blue. I actually it's think okay, I like... we're, we're, we're talking about the second best video game of all time. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I, as I mentioned in our intro, we're going to be talking about uh, Lunar, uh, which there are a lot of reasons why we're talking about Lunar today. Uh, you might remember if you've been a longtime listener that way back in, I, I believe it was 2018, it was right before I joined the site, uh, which... I wasn't on those episodes, which is because that was right before I joined the site. Uh, there, We had a, a month of game journals about Lunar. Uh, we uh, had two episodes about Lunar, the Silver Star Story Complete. Um, and then we had uh, two episodes about Lunar Eternal Blue. Um, and, it, and it was uh, right around the time I was interviewing, they were coming out. I thought that was awesome. And uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about just Lunar, the Silver Star. But uh, one of the reasons for that is that as if you're a, a reader of the site, you know, this is our 25th anniversary year, and uh, we actually started as a website way back in the day as LunarNet, uh, as a Lunar fan site, and then we like got some great screenshots for Grandia, and we kind of expanded from there and then became RPG fan, and the original founder eventually spun back off into LunarNet. So you can still go find LunarNet on the internet, and uh, Mickey does a great job of still managing that uh unfortunately dead series uh but it's also the 30th anniversary uh this month of the release of the silver star on sega cd in the united states of america and so um we thought it was a great time to talk about it and so uh jano and i had a conversation this is like a couple months ago and uh, i pitched to him was like hey can like i do a review of lunar for uh the 25th anniversary and then we realized it was an anniversary and we came up with the idea of um having four different reviews for the four different sort of major versions of Lunar, uh, the Sega CD version, which I reviewed, uh, the uh, Silver Star Story Complete, which Scott reviewed, uh, Lunar Legend, which I believe that was you, Ben, right? Who reviewed yep. Lunar Legend? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Noah reviewed uh, the PSP version uh, of Lunar uh, Silver Star Story. Um, and so our, our conversation today is mostly going to be around uh, sort of the differences between uh, these four versions, uh, our preferences, uh, some of the uh, changes, because uh, it's a it's a remarkably like commonly remade game. I, I can't think of a game that has as many iterations uh, on popular platforms, except for maybe Final Fantasy four. Uh, so I think that's kind of awesome. Um, so before we get, uh, get into things, I want to talk about our history with Lunar, because uh, I think that'll help frame our conversation. Um, about our feelings on these games uh, and especially a uh, silver star story or the silver star or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we'll start with you, Scott, what's sort of your history with the uh, lunar series and what do you love about it? Uh, so my history with the lunar series is basically maybe about uh, right around the time lunar Night came out, 98 turn around there. Um, I was, uh, We'd gotten, you remember those PlayStation demo discs? Not the demo discs, but the ones that came with, I think it was PlayStation Magazine. Oh, I remember. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so 
the first time I, I knew about Lunar is I watched one of those, and on the demo disc wasn't actually a demo of the game. It was actually the boat song. The boat song played in its entirety, just the anime cutscene and everything like that. Um, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I had no clue what this was at this point. And I was like, damn, I got to find out about this stuff. So um, I went to the internet, um, looked up Lunar, right? Found LunarNet, RPG fan right from there, everything else like that. And I was like, I got to play this game. And when it came out, very expensive because it came in a huge box at the, you know, at the, that it came out in. And I was like, I got to play this. And I had no idea that it actually came out like, like five years prior to that in, on the Sega CD. So I learned a lot about Lunar at that time, and I really kind of fell in love with the series. And to this day, it's easily my favorite series of all time. That's an excellent take. And, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in only because my story is so similar to yours. Um, so I, I, I've been a, a Lunar Net or RPG fan reader since almost the beginning as well. And I, I also stumbled into it for similar reasons. I, I saw some preview for it in some magazine, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I've been playing RPGs for years. Uh, I was, a, you know... You know, back then it wasn't we weren't getting RPGs that we do now where I just can't keep up. Um, and uh, I started Googling around and I found Lunar Net. I've been following it ever since. And I, I played uh, Silver Star Story Complete first on the PlayStation. And then I was like obsessed with it. Like I played it like twice in a row. And I've never done that before. Um, and I, I just adored it for its characters. And I was like, and I've said this uh, before on this podcast, like it was like the the video game that made me realize that what I cared about, at least at the time, this is maybe less true now, but uh, was characters. Like you have great characters, great characterization. That's what I want. That's what I care about. It was what allowed me to see what, what mattered to me. Um, and so I would have called uh, the Silver Star story complete um, my favorite game for a long time. And then I, <laughs> uh, I actually convinced my dad to like buy like a, cause I didn't have any money. I was like 14. Uh, I convinced my dad to like fix all these broken Sega CDs that I bought on the internet. Well, wow, um, that's like impressive. To, to like take <laughs> all these different pieces and parts of them and like make a working one so I could play Eternal Blue. And I did. And I loved it. That's, and, that's uh, a smart way to do that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it cost me like probably 40 bucks total. And back then, those things were expensive. I remember waiting for Eternal Blue Complete on the RPG fan website. I used to refresh yeah. it every day because the <laughs> oh, yeah. release date kept getting pushed back <laughs> yep, and back sure and back, back then. And that was one of the reasons why I got so impatient and I went and grabbed the CD. Absolutely. Smart. Yeah. Um, and then I, I've played, uh, you know, I've played Eternal Blue Complete at this point. And uh, I had sort of dabbled in the Silver Star. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit here. But I. I had never beaten it. I think I'd gotten like halfway through and I just kept falling off of it. And uh, that's, the, that's the version that I've completed for today. Uh, but yeah, I uh, Victor Ireland is way too much of a tease with his Lunar Lunar 3 stories. And I can't believe I don't have it yet. And it makes me very sad. And that's my, and that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, so what about you, Ben? Yeah, so um, my actually first introduction to Lunar would have been the... Um, the Retro Encounter podcast where um, they went over uh, Lunar Silver Star Complete and uh, Eternal Blue. Because um, I had a PlayStation as a kid, but I never had a memory card, so I didn't play any uh, RPGs on the PS1. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is unique. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I didn't really get into like a lot of PlayStation RPGs until much later. So I think I first played Lunar. Um, I picked it up in a local shop when I was doing an internship in 20, the summer of 2018. Um, and then I got Eternal Blue and played that as well. 
Um, so it's only been a few years since I played it, but I, I really like the series. Um, I'm also a big fan of the Grandia series. So, yeah. And what about you, Noah? Yeah. So, um, big shout out to CDRomance.com, a very um, <laughs> legal platform. <laughs> uh, I discovered Lunar a few years ago when I was trying to play through some some 1992 video games, which I used the handy dandy search tool there to find, um, and picked it up and I don't know tried out the the Sega CD version, and I was like, man, this is really cool. So I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, there's new versions of it, um, and then played through the PSP version. Uh, to review on my blog, which I had just started at the time. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I, I think it's fun that, uh, you know, uh, Scott and I have like a very specific uh, story of coming to it. And uh, Ben and Noah have a sort of more recent uh, look at it, which I think is great because sometimes I worry with Lunar that uh, my, my, my love of it is driven by nostalgia. Yes, mine too, I think. And I think that's certainly part of it. But, you know, I, I've even though we've only posted, I think that uh, I know my review is posted, certainly. And we'll talk about the reactions to that. Um, uh, but I know I think Scott's will post uh, before this goes up. And I, I don't think Ben's and, and Noah's have gone up yet. But I, I've read through all of them because they're, you know, in, in the process of being proofed. Um, and I think it was cool uh, just to sort of see. Uh, the different reactions that we had uh, to these different versions of it, like our scores were really wildly different for a game that we all like love. Um, yeah. And I think that was really cool. Uh, and I think that it also gets to like how important um, small decisions can be. Uh, and, you know, even though it's essentially the same game in a lot of ways uh, between all four versions, there are like some really critical differences between them. Um, and I want that to kind of be the focus of our conversation today, but uh, before we get to that, I, I want to make sure that everybody who's listening uh, has uh, at least a sort of an understanding of what uh, the Lunar, Lunar, like Lunar the Silver Star or Silver Star Story Complete or whatever um, is. So it was originally released as, a, as an RPG on the Sega CD back in 1992. And as far as I'm aware, um, it's one of the first games that had uh, anime cutscenes and voice acting. And that had a sort of a focus on character. Uh, and I think that they were starting to discover that in 1992, but they sort of leaned into that uh, a lot more in some of the later versions. But uh, to give you sort of a general overview of what the game is. So the game opens, and this is sort of generally true between the four versions, as far as I'm aware. And please correct me if I'm wrong as we're having these conversations. Um, it, it opens in the town of Berg, uh, and you are playing as Alex. Um, and uh, in the Silver Star, at least, he's a he's a silent protagonist. He's only a little more chatty in at least Silver Star Story Complete. Um, and he uh, is like sort of visiting the grave of his his hero, Dragon Master Dine, who was this great hero who had died uh, before he was born, or at least you know he thinks so. Uh, spoiler alert: We're going to be spoiling these games, so if you haven't played them, you know maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe, you consider, maybe consider going to play them before you listen to this. Uh, but he thinks he's he's dead um, and he wants to be an adventurer. And so his friend Ramus approaches him and he's like, hey, let's go to the White Dragon Cave and uh, let's go get like a White Dragon Diamond, uh, which is, as I think Noah points out in this review, uh, <laughs> is uh, what it's uh, poo. It's, it's poo. It's, it's poo. <laughs> 
Um, and when he approaches him um, and he's he's there with his friend Luna, who's like his adopted sister and also kind of his love interest, which is weird, but whatever. We'll let it go. I've read Wuthering Heights um, and he uh, eventually decides to go on an adventure. Uh, and then you sort of make your way throughout the world. You meet uh, one of the other uh, the other three great heroes. Uh, Galleon's one of the main ones. Uh, and I think Galleon's motivation changes between some of these versions are really fascinating. Um, and really interesting. Um, and then eventually Galleon betrays you and he's trying to take over the world. And then eventually you, you know, collect your group of people and you have to, uh, you know, take down Galleon. Uh, all while it turns out that, and again, spoiler alert, please, uh, your your friend Luna is, uh, or your girlfriend or your sister or whatever, <laughs> um, is also Althena, who's like sort of the goddess of the world, um, who uh, you sort of learn more about in Eternal Blue, moves, moved humanity over to the moon, basically, from Earth, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> that part's not important, but um, it, it, it's all very Saturday morning cartoon. It's all uh, very simple storytelling. There's not a lot of complexity in terms of the storytelling in these games but it it captures a particular feel you know you want to like you know cozy up on a saturday morning and pick up your blanket and uh play these games and just uh get it, it get wrapped up in the characters and get wrapped up in uh the, the great dialogue and the great characterization here um so i i guess i'll before we uh, start moving on to the changes what are what, what is it about the silver star story or complete or whatever you want to call it what is it about these games that you really like what are some who are some favorite characters uh, what are some story beats that you really like? Uh, what are some things that strike you about uh, this game? I think the the thing that strikes me the most about this game was probably one of the first games that like I really felt did this really well was the characters interact with not just themselves and obviously the plot of the story, but like everything else in the universe, in the world, in the game. Um, they talk to NPCs, and after the NPC talks, they talk to themselves, right? Um, it feels like they're kind of having a conversation like almost every time they talk. Instead of like, you know, random NBC says, yo, you, this person's here or that yeah. person's there, right? No, the, then the characters go, well, maybe that's not supposed to be that way or that <laughs> one's supposed to be that way. It's it's really interesting. And I don't think, I don't think at that time, um, there were many, I don't think there was any RPG, well, outside of maybe some Western RPGs, obviously, um, mm -hmm. that ever really had that interaction between um, the party and the world itself. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to point out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the NPC dialogue um, especially I think in some of the later versions is just remarkable in terms of how alive it makes the world feel. And I feel like, like the trail series doesn't really exist right without yeah. what Lunar is doing. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, that's a great thing to point out. I always, I always like to joke and say the trails, the spiritual successor to <laughs> Lunar series since we're never getting Lunar three. Oh, no, um, you know what? No, one day, one day, one day, one day, you know, we'll, we'll see. I feel like almost every RPG these days is kind of a spiritual successor to this because you know it had the FMV cutscenes and had the uh, the anime adjacent aesthetic, you know the fleshed out world, the the overpowering charm. Uh, so in in a sense, I feel like a lot of these new newer um, sort of series owe a lot to Lunar. I could totally agree with that. I feel like every time we, every time a new RPG comes out, I feel like, especially like, I would say like the last one I kind of felt was really like that was like Xenoblade 3 was like felt the same way when you talk to everybody. It feels like 
they actually have a conversation with everybody, not just themselves. And I, I'm happy to see that now. I'm happy to see more games do that. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair thing to point out. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I, um, and we'll get more into this, but I, when I was reviewing the Silver Star, I uh, gave it a 75, and we actually got an email recently of someone think, saying that I needed counseling because I gave it a 75. <laughs> uh, it's a true story. Um, the internet, that, boys and, and girls, the internet. <laughs> and that I wasn't old enough to understand, and I was like, look, I was eight when this game came out. Like, I, I, I promise I'm old enough to understand. I started with Dragon Warrior 2. So if I started with that, I'm okay. But um, but I, I do think that there is something to like, and I think that the, the, the negative reaction to my 75, which we'll talk more about, um, I, I think gets to like the power of what it was doing originally, right? And I think you're right, Noah. Like when it came out, like it it's doing things that nothing else was doing, even compared to other games that came out in 92, 93, 94, which was sort of a golden age of like the the dawning of RPGs. But the the interactions you have with the world are so unique and remarkable even in the og version that i think it's important to point out that that is historically uh critically important and i when i was playing it i was like wow this is amazing for a 92 rpg it's not super fun but it's amazing for a 92 rpg and i think i mean even the audio if you think about it like there were two full final fantasies that came out after this that used the super nintendo's sound chip um, so having that like high quality uh, Sega CD audio, oh, is oh yeah. man, the music else. is phenomenal. Yeah, it's oh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think no organs for me there. I think too, um, you know, so a lot of that is related to it coming out in the West and how that you know there may have been more RPGs contemporary with with the Lunar that had some more of those elements, but a lot of those were not coming over, and it's. There's it's also, you know, kind of the birth of like modern localization, I think, in a lot of ways, um, despite the, f- you know, people have a lot of gripes with working designs and Victor Ireland and his mm-hmm. style of localization. But I think like that original Lunar on the Sega CD is like so foundational for, um, you know, the style that localization would take and games that are a little more under the radar actually being brought over and companies that are just focused around localizing, um, having a place in the market to, to bring games to the West. You know, and I'm glad you brought up localization because that was sort of the first thing that I really wanted to talk about in terms of uh, the differences uh, in these versions. Uh, because uh, to sort of give like a broader view, uh, in 1992, like our localizations, even like the, the Woolsey localizations of Final Fantasy VI or whatever, like they... They tended to be a lot more literal. And you will see even in 2023, there are a huge, like mostly 4chan communities of people who are like, <laughs> make it like the Japanese and you made changes and screw you. And a lot of RPG fan alum like uh, Stephen Meyerink and uh, Derek Kingsbergen, uh, they talk about these things. Uh, and I talk to Stephen kind of regularly um, and how intense um, people are about this. And I think it's, it's interesting because we have moved towards the literal in the way that it didn't work to something that is more organic. And some people will argue that in the in uh, Silver Star and that especially Silver Star Story Complete and Eternal Blue uh, uh, Complete on the uh, PS1 that working designs took that concept of like, hey, let's make this game our own and like took it to like 13 when they should have taken it maybe to seven. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did. They always said their games went to eleven. That was right. their. That was their. Yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I personally, um, and I haven't played the. Uh, I haven't played much of Lunar Legend, and I've played none of the PSP version. But I personally, like for me, like I love the working designs localization. I see its cracks. I'm like, wow, this is like so over the top. But for me, like it, it's part of the tone and the charm and like sort of the weirdness of this world and the peculiarity of the world. Like to me, like Lunar is not Lunar without that weirdness and like very particular localization. And while like making jokes about Monica Lewinsky might seem pretty dated in 2023, like I'm still like, Oh look, this is its own thing. It's trying to be its own thing. It's trying to do something different. And for me, like that's charming and I think it's fun and I think it works, but I think other people find it grating. So what, what are your thoughts? I know, especially those of you who have played legend and then the PSP version, like what, what are your thoughts on the, the working designs localization as opposed to the more modern ones? Um, what are your feelings about it? Uh, what, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah. So, um, you know, the Lunar Legend, the version I played is the first one that was not localized by working designs. Um, and I think that's very clearly felt when you play the game, like the localization in Legend is just not up to the quality of um, the previous versions of Lunar. Um, and it, it's not to say that it's horrible or, you know, I mean, there's definitely worse examples on um, the Game Boy Advance, for example, like Tales of Fantasia. <laughs> um, it's not nearly that bad, but, um, you know, it's just it doesn't have the level of personality that I think that the working designs localization of at least complete because that's the only other version of Lunar I've played um, conveys. And even though you do have a lot of those pop culture references or other things that maybe are kind of ill-fitting in the working designs localization, the level of, of personality in the prose and the dialogue, I think, is just so much so important to the identity of Lunar. And you lose a lot of that in Legend. Like Legend is very, I wouldn't say that it's a completely literal translation, um, but it is a lot closer to that. Um, and it just, I mean, and it just didn't get the, the love and the extra editing pass. I think that working designs really took a lot of pride in, you know, you can complain about, you know, some of the creative choices that, um, working designs would make in their localizations, but the actual quality and, um, you know, attention to detail in those localizations, I think was really high and lunar legend just kind of feels like um, any other lower budget Game Boy Advance RPG localization. Um, and that is kind of a shame because that's such a big part of what makes Lunar special is the characters and the writing. I agree. I also think that it's, you know, sort of a characteristic of, the, of a bygone era. You look back at, at the early 90s and, you know, movements like the online movement to... Um, to translate Final Fantasy V, which uh, there's a really good episode of the Video Game History Hour about this. Uh, if you guys want to give that one a listen, um, subtle plug there, I guess. Um, but anyway, there, there, this was just like a time when things didn't really get translated a lot. And so when they did, it was just like some guys who really liked role-playing games and spoke Japanese. Um, and... You know, I know working designs is a company, right? But it was a small effort. 
at the at the time, and you, you can sort of tell it, it has a grassrootsness to it. It has a um, I don't know, like a book clubbiness to it. You know, like it's just some people who are really passionate about things that just didn't get a lot of love by uh, the greater community at the time, and things that are missed in in sort of the large corporatization of um, video games of this sort of aesthetic that Lunar is in. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just lost over time. So I like the charm. I mean, I, th- I mean, I am charmed by what it is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, it, they kind of struck the sweet spot between, you know, a lot of games were just being localized by, they would contract, in many cases, one person, and they give them a few months to do the whole game. And yeah, like the Wolsey translations are really good. And there were some really good ones that came out of that. But there's also a lot of really bad translations that came out of that. And working designs is like more of an effort for a small team to like make their name on localizing and and bringing games over to the West. And I think that they kind of really established that. And you see that with the, you know, original versions of Lunar on the on the Sega CD and the PS1. And um you know, I think too. You know, you you uh, Noah played the PSP version, and that was done by Xseed. I think of any company that exists today that kind of has that spirit of working designs. I feel like Xseed is is the is the company that most embodies that. Um, that's like smaller, but puts a lot of care and effort in their translation. So I don't know if that came across in the PSP version, but oh yeah, yeah. I I think Xseed perfectly sort sort of captured the like silliness maybe of the working designs translations in you know just in the spots where it really uh needed to be um yeah i really enjoy the uh i don't know just all of the writing in the psp version generally but i think xc did it did i mean i don't speak japanese so i can't perfectly answer this but i i think they did a great job i think uh when it comes to working designs um if they didn't do what they did back then, I think we'd all be sitting here and we wouldn't be talking about Lunar. That's just how it goes. I think their their localization is what set Lunar apart from a lot of the RPGs at the time. Uh, and it just, it shows. It shows that, like, there was a lot of love and focus into this. Um, if you ever watch the making of a CD that comes with Lunar complete, uh, they basically, they, they talk about the localization. How sometimes the little translations, the, the, the joke that makes sense in Japanese just doesn't make sense in English. Just it doesn't happen. And you need to take that and change it. And honestly, yeah, some of those jokes that they changed them to are, you know, <laughs> they don't they don't hold up well that well, but some of them do. Some of them are really still funny and some of them are kind of and you know, they're a product of the time. They're in very as a 90s 80s kid, it's like I still laugh at a few of them. It's like, yeah, okay, I remember that. And like I it, honestly if it wasn't for them, I don't think any of us would ever care about Lunar. And I, I think the, the rest of localization would be held back for a couple of years, honestly, in my opinion, too, because you wouldn't have all these localization studios looking back at working design saying, hey, they did it that way. Why don't we do it that way? They would do it too literal. And uh, I think you see sometimes in a lot of these old retro RPGs, as I end up playing a lot of them on stream, is I go back to them and I realize some of these translations are incredibly literal. And it's boring. <laughs> They're I mean, incredibly that, boring compared that to what... through even to like I don't know yeah. Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah, and which makes Final Fantasy VII even more 
you know, opaque than it already was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think I, 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 I agree with everything everybody said. Um, and it, what's funny is because I played sort of the OG, right? So like I played the silver star and like, you can s- certainly see the fingerprints of working designs, uh, starting to kind of move towards that. And I think that's important. And I'm guessing at the time it felt like a revelation. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I think about other games that came out around the same time, like Earthbound comes out around the same time. Like that localization is brilliant too, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, in, in the way that it uh, plays around with it, it's very different in the way it localizes, but it's it's perfect, uh, in my opinion, to the way that it's addressing, um, you know, the concepts that it's trying to do. And it's easy in that case, right? Like it's it's supposed to take place in America. But, but my point is that like it doesn't it doesn't have the same kind of flavor, but you can see them beginning to play with it. And I do think that the reason that it was so popular that this game that is essentially like bog standard boilerplate in so many ways. It, the thing that distinguishes it to me is that localization and they lean so much harder into it in the PS one versions. Um, and there are times that it doesn't land. Like uh, I just watched my wife play through um, eternal blue complete. She had never played through it before. And they like drop the R word sometimes. Oh, yeah. like there, there, there's mm-hmm. some stuff in there. It happens, like, it happens in Lunar Silver Star also. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a minute, but it's like, I was like, all right, like some of this stuff doesn't age well at all. Um, and you can definitely sense like, I'm like, Ooh, that's uh, as the kids say cringe, but like literally um, like I made my whole body uh, convulse. <laughs> um, but otherwise like it's, I at least appreciate that they tried. And so like, to me, that's, that's worth it to me. So sort of speaking of some of the uh, adjustments to it, um, you know, we're talking about the four different versions, like uh, the story actually plays out like kind of pretty differently uh, between these four versions. Like if you go and you play like Lunar Eternal Blue or then Eternal Blue Complete, like those two versions have some like mild differences, uh, but for the most part, like they are the same game. Yeah, there's really no story differences. Right. Those yeah, two. it's very, very minor. Um, but here, like they're pretty significant. Um, so like um, and I can only speak to what I know. Uh, because I haven't played a legend or uh, the PSP version, but like, for example, like uh, between the silver star and silver star story complete, like galleons motivations are actually vastly different. Um, and the silver star, like he is actually just trying to get revenge for uh, the way that the world treated dime. <laughs> um, and he's just like upset about that. And even though I think he kind of knows that dine is still alive. So it's really weird. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, some of the later versions introduce some plot holes because of it. Um, but like it, it's like, what? I don't understand. Um, but like other things make more sense. Like he, there's two phases in the Silver Star uh, to his final fight. And then it explains why he has like that sort of like scaly, like left side of his face in uh, Eternal Blue um, that they don't explain at all in the Silver Star. Um, so but the most important thing, and I know Scott agrees with me on this. Uh, is that Luna like leaves you uh, when you're on the boat to going to Moravia and she doesn't get to do the boat song as a result, which I believe the boat song is in at least the PSP version, right? I'm not sure about legend. Yes, it is. Actually, Um, they changed it too. Yeah. So um, lyrics changed. I'm curious. uh, I'm not sure how much you guys know about some of the different uh, changes and adjustments, uh, but what some of your feelings are about the adjustments or changes that you saw. I know legend like definitely is basically like a cliff snows version from my understanding. Um, uh, what, what some of your opinions are about some of the adjustments or changes to the stories and if you think anything is actually stronger um, in some of your versions for me personally I played the PSP version only one time I enjoyed it a lot I actually think some of the PSP versions actually like kind of flesh out the whole world earlier especially since there's an epilogue uh, not epilogue uh, there's a prologue um, that starts with that one 
which uh, I think Noah can talk about um, more in detail because he's played it probably as recently compared to I have. Um, but I think uh, the most important change, I, not just the lunar uh, Luna change, but also like Alex, Alex and Luna are older in Silver Star Story Complete. They're actually like aged up a little bit. So instead of being like 14, 13 in the original Silver Star, they're like 15, 16, 17. Um, in that version, which kind of like, it, it's not a big, big change, but you kind of get the idea that like Alex is his own character in this version compared to the Silver Star, where he basically is not a protagonist. You know, Dutton all talks from you, you, you know that, and then it's like, but in this version, he's still really silent, but he talks when he needs to talk, and it kind of adds to his like, it kind of adds to that hero status. It's like he doesn't need to be boisterous or loud or anything like that because he has all those characters to do that for him. Right, so he's like the really silent person in the, the group, and then when he talks, he needs to talk, and he says things he needs to say, um, and it kind of answers character a lot. And I think those two changes, the obviously the Luna Stain and Alex just being a different character, older, a uh, little more mature, um, not being silent all the time, um, really adds a huge difference in how uh, he acts and how Luna acts with everybody else, and how all the other characters act with Luna because uh, they never meet Luna in the other version, uh, in the previous version, they only meet her. After the fact. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if part of the age up is has anything to do with the, the really cringe, like, girly pictures that you find in those games. Oh, um, the bromides? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not to throw shade on, on Lunar for, for, well, maybe, uh, to, yeah, I don't know, call that out. Not, not, not my favorite thing about the Lunar series, but, but, but there's more good uh, than, than strange. Um, but I think the base, no, the, the biggest difference between uh, Silver Star Story Complete and um, the other ones and the PSP one um, is that the P- PSP version is the best version. And <laughs> sorry, you know, it, it does have that prologue. That, that's, that's, I think, the, the, the biggest thing here. And the prologue provides all the context you really need for. Um, the like great heroes of the land um, yeah, I, for this. I, I want to slow down for that for a second because I, it, if I'm not mistaken, and again, I haven't played it, but I, I it's about like Dine and Galleon and, and Mel and all those people, right? What, mm-hmm. what exactly happens in the prologue? Uh, yes. Yeah. It is about the, the four heroes or whatever um, going to sort of strike down the great evil in the land um, with, the help of Luna, Luna's previous incarnation, I suppose you could call it, um, who is the goddess of, of you know, the lunar world. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting prologue on its own. I really like that it lets you play the game so that you can sort of see how the mechanics work and there's no stakes. Um, but beyond that, it also like, gives you this great lore building um, to, to start off the game with. Uh, it, it gives you this sense of, of predestiny um, or maybe prophecy that you're going to be fulfilling as the next Dine, the next Dragon Master of the world, um, which I think is, is important. I think it adds a lot to the game, not, not just in its tutorialness, um, it's opaque tutorialness, maybe, but also 
you know, in, in the context of, of making this world, it, it's a little bit obtuse. You know, I played the, the Sega CD version first, and it was a little bit difficult to understand what the main objective was going to be of, you know, in the game until well after you um, have the dragon give, give you his poop. Uh, so I, I think with that, um, uh, you know, change in the PSP version, I think that that's the main thing that makes it stand out, you know, outside of aesthetic differences, which each, each of these versions has big aesthetic differences, um, with the first one being a little bit, I don't know, blocky, maybe Brown is the word I would use, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that you talk about like uh, the the way that it frames the narrative, uh, because I think that that is uh, one of the things that is very 1992 about the Silver Star. It's like you're just like these people who are going out and you're just going to kind of figure out where you're going and like you're just going to kind of fall into whatever happens. That's kind of what happens in the Silver Star. And a lot of the where you go next is opaque and. I definitely a couple times was like, where do I go next? I'm just going to pull up game facts because uh, I don't have the patience for that anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think part of it for me is like a lack of patience. But like, I think that it I could see how that would raise the stakes. And I, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, my gosh, I must have a prequel with Dine and Galleon. Uh, I thought for, like I, I wrote like whole I wrote whole prequels out myself uh, because I was that kind of kid. Uh, oh, that's 14, cool. so that's more embarrassing than it should be but uh so uh, so you're telling me is we need to work together to make lunar 3 about a prequel to all this right exactly <laughs> oh, I, I would be there you so go down. you got the script ready <laughs> so down uh, i definitely don't <laughs> trust me <laughs> but yeah I, I are there any other significant differences in the psp version that you're aware of Noah? i'm just curious uh enemies are less avoidable for some reason i mean just in, maybe in my own experience uh I kind of liked the idea that you could avoid the enemies, at least in Silver Star uh, Story Complete. And you just, I don't know. You really can't get around anything in this game. Um, Because all the areas, you know, they're very well-crafted zones, but the enemies are so large and chunky in the zones that, you know, they, they, they take up most of the space. So getting around them is impossible. Um, I don't know. I I will say though that it doesn't it doesn't avoid the game facts getting gesture um, because some of the obtuse puzzles of the original version and the previous versions uh, are still in there. Um, there's a puzzle with like a pink balloon mob. Oh that yeah, you have to yeah. Find that oh my god. Yeah, that's that's one of the worst parts of the game. Oh, easily, easily one of the. I I definitely remember quitting the game and watching the end of it the first time I played it. Um, when I got to that part, but yeah, I don't. I mean, there are a couple spots though. That's not sort of the only one. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I I want to talk more about the gameplay, uh, but I'm curious before we move on to that. Um, Let's kind of back up for a second here. Ben, I know you played Legend, which I, I'm guessing is probably the most different, actually, from a story perspective. Are there any like large differences that you can remember um, in terms of uh, the Legend version? No, Legend is really just uh, heavily based on the PS1 version. So 
like to the point that it uses the cutscenes, but it doesn't. You can't play a cutscene on the GBA, so it just plays like a still image from the anime cutscenes <laughs> of PS One. Okay. Yeah, um, but it's no, it's like basically the PS One version story wise. Um, but I mean, it you know the localization is is completely different, so it it comes across differently, but like the the plot is the same, pretty much. That's interesting. Is Noah like a knowing or not Noah Nash? Sorry, Noah. <laughs> is is Nash uh, like a knowing uh, betrayer in that version? Because in the Silver Star, he's sort of like an accidental betrayal. Um. Yeah. I mean, it. it I'm trying. I'm trying to remember like the specifics of that. I mean, the the thing too is with the localized because the localization isn't that great. You, the fair. character <laughs> motivations don't always come off exactly the way you, you would want it to. To be intended, I think. So, new, really nuanced stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, I, I that's hard to say, just that's because it, it really is not like. I don't want to say the localization is like super horrible, but there are times where it's like I don't really know what they're trying to get across. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If they somehow accidentally made Nash a better character in the Game Boy Advance version, then you know what? <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, uh, it, you know, in the Silver Star, like, I, I, I don't think I've talked about this. Like, he doesn't actually do it on purpose. Like, he's, like, sort of being manipulated by Galleon uh, without realizing it. Um, but, like, all the character relationships are just, like, so less fleshed out in that version. Uh, like, uh, Kyle and Jessica are like, like they don't really have a history of um, the Silver Star. Not really. They kind of do. Like, you know, they knew each other, but not in the way that they do later. And I love Kyle and Jessica's interplay. Like, I think yeah, that me is too. like, yeah. for me, like, that's my favorite thing about these games. And maybe like 10 of the points that I took off of Silver Star story was because like that interplay is so much weaker. Um, but yeah, like Nash does, is not a, a betrayer in the same way in that version. And so... I yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think one of the reasons uh, it, they kind of changed that is because you got to remember in the Silver Star Story Complete, they added Royce and Fascia. And they kind of have him and interact with Royce and Fascia a lot during that yeah, version. So if, the, if those two characters don't exist in the original version of the game, then, you know, you have you have a character that needs to interact with these characters. So they kind of changed that reason. I think actually mm -hmm. it kind of works for that. But yeah. I still hate Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and he still like has those interactions in um, Legend with with Roy's fascia. So I think I think it's like basically the same as as complete as far as that goes. Um, I'm sure we could we could flesh out all of them. Like I know like some of the story beats take way longer in uh, Silver Star as opposed to complete. But I, I, I'm just curious about like sort of the flavor. Um, I think we've captured that pretty well. Um, but I, I Noah was talking a lot about the gameplay. And I think the gameplay is uh, an important thing to touch on here because in a lot of ways, it's very similar. When you think about something like combat, um, and, and Lunar was um, sort of particular on this front. Like it was, it, you have your characters on one side of the screen, you have the enemies on the left side of the screen, you choose your actions, and then like you move as far as your character is able to move towards them if it's like a melee attack um, or within range of whatever. And like AOE attacks uh, are, are part of it. Um, and it, it's it's still very turn based. Like the movement mechanics, I feel like in the later versions, like at least in, in complete, feel sort of generic. Actually, like and one thing I'll say in in the Silver Stars uh, favor in terms of the combat is that it like the movement stat seems to really matter, like how far you can move across the screen. 
um, sort of positioning, but then like they'll make like super dumb decisions and like run around an enemy like three times before they go where you want them to go. And I'm like, well, that's that kind of defeated the purpose. But at least I appreciated they were trying with it. Uh, but my biggest problem with the combat in the Silver Star is that like, like Alex doesn't have any like sword master moves. It's just like he actually becomes a magic user. He becomes a me- member of Vayne and then he starts using magic. But like, it doesn't matter because his physical attacks are still stronger than anything else. So like, and I think I said this in my review, like on the final boss, I was like, hey, for fun, I'm just going to hit physical attack four rounds in a row and just see if I win without even healing. And I did um, because the Silver Star is absurdly easy. And I know that is not true of some of the later versions. Um, <laughs> no. It is absurdly easy. And part of the reason it's absurdly easy is because the encounter rate is absurdly high. Um, like I was getting in fights like every four steps in these stupid dungeons where it was random encounters. And these are things that are eliminated in later versions. Um, and so, but I, I'm glad that Noah brought up that in the PSP version, like it's sort of like the Chrono Trigger effect, right? It's like, it's there's no random battles, but like, can you really avoid them? Maybe not. Uh, so, um, yeah, there are lots of other gameplay issues with the Silver Star. Like, you can't even heal in towns in the Silver Star. You have to go to, like, these churches off in the middle of nowhere that you can't find. And, like, it's... And there's fights on the overworld map in the Silver Star. Um, so I know there are a lot of differences in the other versions. So what are uh, some of your opinions about some of the gameplay uh, characteristics uh, in the later versions? This is a working designs. 101 let's make every game harder than it needs to be because you know what the west can take it if you ever play the original versions of these games in japanese they're so much easier <laughs> like every single like every single version and that just not just lunar but every work in designs game apparently it was so much easier in japanese they i don't know why they had to take a game and make it so much more difficult than it needed to be was I mean, it like yeah like the fact that they made you use magic points to save in oh the yeah lunar 2 Lu- version yeah, lunar, of second yeah, cd exactly. like oh my god i don't even <laughs> want to talk about the borgen fight in that game oh that Both, game that, that the original is version is harder than the, uh, the second version and it's still hard it, but yeah. um like they they adjusted they adjust the bosses to your level in silver star story complete so like no matter how high level you get yeah it becomes a little easier no the boss is still really hard <laughs> they still hit for like a tremendous amount of damage because their stats, all their stats are multiplied by your level, which is like absurd. Um, so even if you have like a Game Genie, and trust me, I've I played this game Game Genie or the Game Genie, the Game Shark back then, I guess, um, where you get to level 99. No, the enemy still hit hard. For whatever reason, it, I don't know why it, it was. I don't want to I don't want to say anything. I don't want to like put like working designs on the spot. I guess I could um, like I think they were just trying to sell strategy guides. Honestly, it, it, that's the way I always. I always looked at working designs. They made really amazing games, but they made so many weird changes to gameplay that it felt like they were trying to make you buy a strategy guide, uh, which, you know what? Their strategy guides were beautiful. They were hardbound. Yeah, sure amazing. I, I lost mine at Hurricane Sandy a long time ago, but they were, it's, but they were trying to make a buck, I guess, because yeah. even some of the puzzles in the game, they, yeah. they, in Japanese, they give you hints. In this version, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's nothing there. <laughs> I think, uh, and I've read a lot of different stories about reasons why they made those choices. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I, I w- they didn't do that in the Silver Star. The Silver Star was just stupid easy. But like, you can see them doing it later. And I think it's because they were afraid of the rental market was part of it. Oh, yeah, uh, I get it. 
like they wanted people to like not be able to beat it in a weekend and i'm like this game is still long if it yeah, i believe they call be that hard to do that the lion king effect oh my um, god from the lion king that's how, that's that's the story behind that game from no, super there's NES, a game the lion that king. i've never beaten yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i think that was at least part of it um but yeah like some of the choices they made were absurd but other people didn't play versions localized by working design so what did you what were your, what were your experiences with it does do any of your guys is i don't I don't think this is true about the Sega CD or the PS1 version. Do you guys have the AI attack uh, option? They do. They actually they do. do have AI. At, and actually, the Even AI the is Sega actually CD not version. bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Legend does as well, yeah. In oh. fact, if you if you ever play Lunar 2, uh, Lucia is completely AI for the entire game. They can, oh. You can't control her in that version. Um, or any version. She just does her AI thing. Interesting. So it's actually kind of a smart AI. 1992 and 1998. Yeah, I found myself using that quite a lot later on in in uh, Silver Star Harmony, um, and and really enjoyed that honestly. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, Legend is pretty significantly mechanically different than the other versions. Um, so, uh, you know, at the beginning, Zach, you were talking about how, you know, your characters move and they have to get into position to then like attack and everything. So all that is gone in Legend. It's a straight up traditional turn based system where you have the enemies are on the left side of the screen and your characters on the right. And that's it. There's it's like Final Fantasy one, two and three. There's no moving around or anything like that, um, which in some sense is a little more approachable. I think um, I think probably part of why they made that change was because the screen real estate on the Game Boy Advance is so much smaller. So it didn't really make a lot of sense to have the characters like moving around because the battlefields are smaller. Um, and also the sprites are so much larger on the Game Boy Advance version. Um, yeah, but that was it was kept in the in Silver Star Harmony as well. Um, oh, in the PSP version as well. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, like there's certain enemies you can't hit with certain attacks, but it doesn't matter where your character's position, even though they will change position a little bit. Um, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in Legend, they don't move at all. And I do think that's a pretty significant um, change. Like it makes the battles a lot less dynamic um, in Legend. And uh, like to make up for that, they added what's essentially like a, a limit break. I think they call it like uh, the arts system, but there's like they have a little bar underneath there, like health and, and MP, um, and then it fills up from normal attacks. And then you can do like a, a big attack or whatever. And each character has a different one. Um, and that's like sort of interesting, but they mostly boil down to being like attacks that hit all the enemies. So they all kind of have the same effect. Um, there's a few that are different, but for the most part, that's what they are. And um, most of the characters get like an a attacks that hit all or most of the enemies anyway. So it doesn't end up being really that useful later in the game. But um, yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty significant um, change and not really for the better, but I can understand why they made it due to the limitations of the platform. Yeah. Um, that's also does, in, I was about I was about to say that's also in the PSP version, right? The limit break. I don't yeah, remember. Uh, yeah, and I I actually been 
did is lunar legend um would you say it's like difficult maybe have you played in the other ones and do you think it's oh. difficult compares yeah so i've played complete on ps1 and it this game is so much easier than complete and i would say the main reason is that they made it so you you can save anywhere in lunar legend which i i don't remember if that was the case in complete or not yeah you can save anywhere in complete okay which was kind of um, nice for a 1999 Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's super nice because on GB, you know, for a portable game, it's super nice. Oh, yeah. But uh, it refills your health and it, mana or MP for all your characters every time you resume a save. That's super nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't that, nice. that changes things dramatically. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that makes the game so much easier. So I, I mean, there were points where like I forgot that like a boss battle was going to come up. So I didn't like save and then reload and heal everybody real quick, but you can pretty much do it whenever you want. So that does kind of like neuter the difficulty pretty significantly. Um, and it, it's convenient, but at the same time, it, it is kind of a detriment because once you know, you start, you know, you can't help but like abuse it. <laughs> so I feel like the difficulty, I mean, the difficulty in harmony is is definitely not very. I mean, it's not high it's it's pretty easy i think it 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 maybe hits the best of both worlds in this sense in that it's not so easy that you know i don't know some of the areas just become ridiculous and redundant um but it's also not so hard that like every boss is you know an an hour or two excursion um but i think that the difficulty in lunar is a really interesting thing i think that Lunar being an easy game is part of its identity and part of its charm. I think that it's it's a game that's like extremely palatable in almost every sense, in the sense that it has like really lovable characters, um, a palatable, not like crazy evil villain. Um, the story is really legible. Um you know, and and having bosses and, and encounters be a little bit easy comparatively to maybe like Final Fantasy four or something um, I is is part of what sets it, it apart um, and makes it more of that like Saturday morning video game uh, that like rainy day RPG um, that I think that it kind of is. So, yeah, I, I totally think- agree. I think they definitely wanted to make it approachable. And I think especially with Legend, like because it's on the Game Boy Advance and the audience for Game Boy Advance was definitely skewed a little younger. Um, I think that's part of why they made those changes. And, at, you know, I don't it being easy isn't really in too much of an issue. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really bother me that much because I don't think that's really what you play it for. But, um, you know, it, it's just it's just different. And it's, you know, different than what I was used to with with complete. Um, yeah. Can I ask yeah. a question real quick? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I can't remember if the other versions have limited inventory. Uh, Silver Star certainly does. I know. Silver Star <laughs> does. So Silver Star story completed. But did the, the Legends? I can't remember if Legends of Harmony have limited inventory like those two games. Um, I don't think so. I, yeah, I never ran into that as a problem you don't have to you don't have to switch your items to the characters themselves to use them in combat right not that i remember no. okay yeah that's no. that's there's a party-wide problem. inventory for okay yeah. yeah that's one of the issues with silver star story complete is the fact that you need to put the items on the characters yeah. 
to use them. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. <laughs> the worst part is like even Alex like has to have his ocarina on him at all times because yeah. of a bug in the game. This is an interesting little story, by the way. Um, so he actually only has like four slots compared to everyone else's like five. Well, they didn't make six actually, um, because of a bug that happened in the original demo of the game, uh, where you could take ocarina Alex's ocarina out of his inventory, and then you actually couldn't complete the game. Because if you go to the, because you have to play the ocarina, yeah, you, at the need, very, it. you yeah. need to play the ocarina at the very last second of the game, right? Uh, in order to win, and if it's not in his inventory, Null isn't with you, so you can't play the ocarina and you lose. Um, Oopsie! So they fixed that in the actual, the actual final release. But if you played the demo and then used the save file from the demo to there, you still can move it. Weird. <laughs> That's amazing. I think I'd heard that story at some point before, but I forgot and I'm glad I heard it again. So that's great. You know, and I agree with everything you guys are saying about like the difficulty. And I do think that um, I don't remember Silver Star Story Complete um, that well in terms of the difficulty. Um, But I guess maybe having been raised on like NES RPGs, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) It's not really all that bad because you can like you can save anywhere. Um, yeah. it's like, and if after you get to know it a little bit, it's not like super difficult. It's just kind of annoying, I guess, more than anything else. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, but I think that uh, the Silver Star, which I'm guessing is actually probably the easiest of these four versions, but not for fun reasons. Uh, like I, I agree with all those things, but like first of all, the Silver Star I don't think has like the look or the charm of some of the later versions. So like because it's so brown and drab and doesn't feel as cheery, like it doesn't give the same vibe to some degree. But more importantly, like it's easy because like I've done a bajillion battles on my way to it. And so like I grind it up, but I didn't want to grind up. I just had to because like those are the enemies that were in my way. Um, and so like I think uh, it, it sounds to me and I, it, everything you keep saying, Noah, I'm like, oh, gosh, I need to play the PSP version. I need to play the PSP version. Like that sounds like my jam. You um, should. And it's so, like, yeah, it, it's it sounds great to me. Um, yeah, but, you know. One of the things that I am almost certain I will not like in the PSP version, and I may, I probably will actually, <laughs> is the adjustment in the voice acting and the cutscenes. There's no John Truitt in your version. You have to have John Truitt as no Galleon. John Truitt as Galleon. I'm sorry, is immediately I can't, I, Magic Emperor Galleon. Yeah, yeah all thank right? you. Yeah, yeah, you got that it right. That line yeah. alone. That line alone. <laughs> not Galleon, dear Quark. Magic Emperor is so good. He is. I, I question this all the time. I think I saw an interview with him. Someone did an interview with him not that long ago. It was pretty like, recent. Yeah, I saw this too. Yeah. He could have been he could have been a really big voice actor. And mm-hmm. I don't know why he never wanted to do anything outside of things he did with Victor Ireland and like working designs and then they, I think he yeah, did he some work guys your works too. He was in Popful Mail, I think. Yeah. As well. Yeah. It was like he could have been a really big voice actor because he was really good. Yeah. He's <laughs> fantastic. I mean, like he feels like um uh, that not to embarrass myself, but maybe I had some screen names in, in the early, uh, you know, two thousands, late nineties that involved Galleon. But uh, he's he's what sort of makes that character for me. And I think that the cheesiness of the rest of the voice acting. And it's funny if you listen to some of the outtakes or bloopers, like really, you want me to do that like that cheesy? Really, that's what you want me to do? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we wanted you to do. That sounded awesome. Uh, like it's it's so it's so insanely stupid that it's cool. Um, so like I don't know the voice acting, especially at least in the PSP version. I think Troy Baker, if I'm not mistaken, it actually voices Galleon in the PSP version at least, uh, which is uh, fascinating. Um, but yeah, I like what I, what are people's thoughts on like adjustments to like some of the presentation stuff and the voice acting and the graphics and things like that? People do not like 
the Silver Star Harmony. Um, oh, what's the name of the song? Winds Nocturne. Yeah, the boat song. For some reason. But I think that it's the best version. I mean, I don't know. I I've think, listened I think to the, that... the PS1 version. It's good. I think Go the reason, out. because that is absolute nostalgia. For me, like, I can actually play that entire song in my head. Like, I've heard that song so many times in my head, just playing these games, playing that game, like, a ton of times, that, like, that's, that's the song to me. Yeah, fair it's enough. like someone it's like someone doing a, a like a remix or a remake of the song like that's not the song and they just change the lyrics that no that's not the lyrics of that song and that's what i think that comes down to and that's the reason why no one likes that version in my opinion that's fair it, it, must it probably jarring. sounds a lot better yeah, it probably sounds a lot better because it's probably better audio mixed and you know not the, the voice actress that sang that both those songs um the opening song and that one and i think she also sings the songs in lunar too um she's really great but i don't know who sings it in um harmony actually but it just doesn't sound right in my opinion yeah i don't know it sounds right to me because all of my nostalgia is is uh centered around the psp version yeah um because that's the one that i mostly played uh the first time um but i think it's fine i mean if somebody's gonna go into it for the first time uh you probably won't have any issues with the psp's voice acting um Nal's a little grating but he's a little grating in in every version of this game so uh you know i i mean there is that but yeah i don't i, I don't know i i like the voice acting but i have played uh silver star story complete and will agree that the villains uh you know are better alex is also in the psp version is i don't i don't know there are some issues that I have, certainly. Um, but I think if, if a person's playing these games the first time, uh, I don't think that it will matter that much. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think it would matter too much if you played the first time, especially since, you know, the only version that a lot of people have access to is probably Harmony. They're, you know, trying to get the game legit because that's probably the easiest version to get because trying to get the original versions of these games are very expensive. I mean, I think um, that uh, the so, one on the phone is based oh, on touch. Yeah, touch. I forgot about touch. But I don't think the voice acting is working designs voice acting. I actually I, I should have looked. Up I don't know. I've never actually played because I'm an version. idiot. Uh, I didn't look it up, but um, I'm sure some listener will uh, <laughs> will message in. But I, I, I'm 90 percent sure that they have they adjusted the script at least a little bit in the in the touch version. And I'm 99 percent sure that the voice acting is different in the touch version as well. I think they might be using the PSP voice acting in the touch version. I think you can still buy the PSP version on the PlayStation store as well. That's cool. I think, I, I mean, it might've been part of the PSP closure. I, I mean, that's the version I have on PS Vita. Um, I, I think you can, I, 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 that's not verified, but I think <laughs> you can. Do they even have any voice acting in the uh, legend version? Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, presentation for Legend is kind of interesting because in some ways I think it's like the best version. Um, and then in other ways, like mostly the audio, it's by far the worst. Like, um, it, there's very little voice acting. Like there's a couple voice clips in certain scenes or in battle occasionally, but, uh, you know, they're super crunchy because it's the GBA, right? And it's not like it's it's like they're trying to play like sound samples, which just does not ever sound good on the GBA. Like they're taken from another source, like clearly the I think from complete. 
Um, and it just it's they sound awful. And the music is also just not great. Like they do like any time where Luna is singing, like they won't do like the lyrical song, but they'll do like the the la la la, you know, that kind of stuff. And it just sounds awful. <laughs> and it, it just I mean, part of it's because I've played complete, but listening to the music in the GBA version, it's just it's such a like bad facsimile of the music and complete that um that aspect of the game is definitely like a a very bad um but the visuals are really really good in legend and i think are like the strongest part of the game and i think are like it's like the best looking version of of lunar in my opinion um because they have like much bigger sprites so um you know like in in complete and in the original version of the sega cd you have these really squat like short little um character sprites right and they you they you can barely make out their faces and they they're just like more of like a really like a silhouette (laughs) um and the gba version has like much bigger sprites with more frames of animation and that the animations just in general are much more detailed so there's like a lot of personality that's conveyed through the animations in legend that I don't think you get at least in the earlier versions. Um, you know, I'm not comparing it to the PSP version because I think I know that has like completely redone visuals. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, like I really the, like the look. Of I Legend. agree, actually, Ben. I I love the 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 GBA's chunky sprites, um, and they, you're right, they do have a lot of personality. And you know, I I while I think uh, harmonies are a little better, just because I have a lot of nostalgia around that like Suikoden 2 Chrono Trigger look, um, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what Silver Star Harmony was going for. Uh, I, I also sort of like the big head, you know, like little guy version that's maybe more Final Fantasy-esque. Um, so I agree. Yeah, so- like- <clears throat> the characters like like the battle animations in particular are like really good like each character has really unique combat animations for like every single skill and when they're normal attacks and when they're attacking without weapons like that's something i noticed when you're in the uh in the dungeon or the tower in vain early on and you you're not allowed to bring weapons into there right and so then you get to see all the characters attack when they don't have weapons and they have completely different animations than when they do have weapons equipped and like Nash, like wind up his fist like <laughs> a lot before punching. It's like it just there's so much charm in those animations. That is a fun thing that I did not know. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think that uh, I think that legend gets sort of dumped on a lot uh, by people in the Lunar community. But like something like as simple as that um, can definitely add a lot of charm and personality to a game. So uh, I had to well, I sorry, I had I had to go look this up because I was actually really curious. Um who sings the the boat song and uh the opening song in Harmony is the same person that actually sings it in Lunar's Silver Star Story Complete. They actually brought her back. Jennifer Stingle, I think that's her name. They actually did bring her back to actually sing that song. That's awesome. In Harmony. I was curious who actually sung the song in Harmony, but it's actually her. Oh yeah, I think the contingency is that she sounds older and doesn't sound like a fifteen. Probably, I mean, right. it's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, she was older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, 
Um, so I think that uh, we covered most of what I was thinking in terms of the differences. I know that there was like an epilogue in at least a brief epilogue in Silver Star Story Complete where you can go around and talk to people. That's not in the Silver Star. Is There is an epilogue in the other two versions as well. Is that accurate? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Is there anything to those epilogues? Uh, not, I mean, nothing that I think is different. That, I don't I mean, think that different. You just right? go around and talk to people. It's just that you, you're in Moribia, right? You go around yeah. and talk to everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. The same, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. yeah it's, that's uh, just a, 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 another difference. Um, so I, I guess, I, I, are there any other like differences or things that make your version special you wanted to bring up before I get to my final question? Pacing, maybe? I, I think okay. at least between the Sega CD version, the Sega CD version is. Man, that is a slow game. Ooh, yeah, that it is. is. That is a you slow burn. <laughs> uh, but maybe on purpose. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what these old older game designers are thinking? Um, with you know, in terms of value for your dollar. Um, but I mean, the game's still not that long. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You can shred through Harmony in like fifteen hours if you really. Oh. Okay. put your head down um and i think that's to its benefit you know um i i mean i think the the case is the same with at least legend um but the yeah. ps1 version also probably is a little faster at least i think it is it's just that like i played it so many times that like i can't really comment on the pacing because i know exactly what to do it's like i know exactly where to go so it's not like i'm like lost or any time i have like i played it like a shit ton of times so it's like I know exactly what to do, know exactly where to go. I'm not worried about like anything like that, so I can't really comment on the pacing. It's like it probably is faster, but I'm not 100 percent sure if it's like either slower or faster than the other version. Honestly, yeah, Le Legend is significantly faster in pace, mostly because um, the world map, like it's just points that you select um, rather than like actually moving around on it. So um, that makes things a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, but you do have random encounters in Legend, um, and they're not like visible on the map, so that can make it feel a little slower. Um, even though it, I think the the runtime is definitely shorter than than complete. Yeah, I mean there there is a world map in the Silver Star, and there are random encounters on the world map. And while the rate isn't quite as high as it is in Dungeons on the world map, which I think is an interesting sort of programming decision, it's still enough that like it's frustrating and you can't figure out where you're going and i got lost like a bunch of times because there's no like mini map or anything right because it's 1972 um so yeah uh, i definitely like I, I played most of the silver star in like three or four days because like even despite my criticisms and i've leveled most of them on this podcast like it's still just like kind of it sucked me in like i love these characters in this world so much that even if it's a lesser version like i'm i'm, I'm pushing through um but yeah, uh, the pacing is definitely an issue in the Silver Star. So yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought that up, Noah. So I, I guess I'll ask my last question uh, based on the, the, the ones that you've played so far. Um, and I know that not most of us haven't played all of them. Uh, what's your favorite version of uh, Lunar, uh, the Silver Star, or Silver Star Story Complete? I think my favorite version is still Silver Star Story Complete. And I played all of them except Touch. I've never actually played Touch now. You, you brought it up. Um, but I think it's just, and I we talked about it before. I think it's maybe nostalgia for me. I mean, it's a hell of a drug. 
Uh, it really is. Nostalgia is amazing. Uh, when you want to like just remember things in the past, and it's like, um, I just I can't I can't pick. I mean, I really actually I'm one of those people that actually really like Harmony. I, I think Harmony is a great game actually still. Um, and if you have no other way to play uh Lunar, you should definitely play Harmony. Um, but for me, it'll always be like Silver Star Story complete just because of nostalgia reasons. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Lunar Walking School for the Sega Game Gear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually uh, I'm still may waiting for translation for that game. Tried to play that just without a localization, and I it did not go very well. Oh yeah, I've heard yeah. good things though. I've yeah, heard good I things about it. Better than the game that will not be named for the DS. Yes, so that, that yeah. doesn't exist. Oh yeah, it has a remake on Sega Saturn, I think too. Um, Walking School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, that's the, I think that's the version that people have tried to translate, but every time they they do, it's like someone uh, just drops it. The sat the Saturn is a is a tough uh, system yeah. to emulate for too. Sorry, yeah, that's just some some obscure lunar <laughs> drops here. Um, I I think I might I so I think it depends on on who you are. I think if you're a person who has a lot of nostalgia for uh, the Super Nintendo. Uh, and this the PS1 era of gaming, um, early PS1, I guess. Uh, you know, Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, I think, is probably going to be the the definitive version. Maybe maybe pick up an undub. Um, you could just Google undub Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, um, and that's that's all I'll say about that. Because <laughs> that might those you know like a ROM hack of that might have. Uh, the difficulty toned down a little bit. Um, but I think if you have nostalgia for maybe the late PS1 era, um, or you're just perhaps a younger person who doesn't really have that much of a tie to that era and you want to play this charming Saturday morning video game, um, I would pick up Harmony. I think Harmony is, is the most approachable it's certainly the most accessible in terms of purchasing it nowadays but yeah um i mean i would definitely say complete is my is the version i think is better having only played complete and legend but um you know scott you were talking about having so much nostalgia for complete and it was crazy because playing legend i just got so much nostalgia not for this version of the game which i hadn't played before but for game boy advance rpgs in general like it just took me back to being a kid and um, playing all the the Game Boy Advance RPGs that I love. So I think if you if you have that kind of nostalgia for the Game Boy Advance, then you probably will get something out of playing Lunar Legend, um, especially because I think like because it's as a conversion of a PlayStation game to the Game Boy Advance, like it's pretty impressive despite all of the flaws. Um, but I think if you, you know, if you're just going to emulate and you want to play the best version, definitely go with complete. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to give any sort of, uh, love to Silver Star. <laughs> Everybody else is like, oh, my version has some things that are good about it. <laughs> I'm like, nope, do not play the version that I reviewed. Uh, I mean, like. There's a reason why I gave you that score. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it, it, it. As I said in my review, it's a history lesson. And you know what? If you loved it in 92, then you're probably still going to love it now. But yeah. it, the other three versions from everything I've heard, including Legend, are superior. Um, like, it's just a better way to experience a great game. Now, did I still enjoy Silver Star? Sure. Uh, but it's it, it's just not 
it's not what the other versions are. Like the, literally the only thing that is good about it comparatively is the soundtrack. And the soundtrack's only like, again, 30 minutes of tracks long because it's like a CD, right? Um, so I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But like for me, and again, I, I've only dabbled in Legend, got a few hours into it, I think. Um, for me, complete nostalgia and all is the version that I recommend, uh, especially because it's got that that little spicy working design localization when it's they've really like decided to just go like hard on what they wanted to be um because to me that is the that is the flavor that is lunar um but yeah uh i i think that you, you can't go wrong with any of the three later versions it sounds like uh i mean it sounds like legend i think maybe has some issues but i i, I will say that you have convinced me that i need to play harmony noah so i appreciate that yeah I it's think- great it's my favorite version still um i think the best thing about silver star is the really campy opening theme though? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't call really, that out. It's it is phenomenal. really over the top. Campy. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it, I like default. the opening to the original. Sorry, but like that one's good. <laughs> I wonder how much of the like the CD like data capacity was taken up by just that Had opening cutscene. It. It's gonna be a ton mm-hmm. of it because it's like a full blown cutscene with like more cutscenes than the whole rest of the game has. Uh, it's awesome uh so it's like a little tales of fantasia way before tales of fantasia came out on that front um so yeah uh thank you all so much for coming in and chatting with me about lunar uh i'm excited to see the two reviews that are still to go up uh as of this uh when this recording is going to drop which is very soon from after the recording um and yeah i i enjoyed revisiting it i enjoy talking about one of my favorite game series and uh it's such a critical uh game in the history of the genre but also obviously to us as a site um and it and it's one of the reasons I'm here. So uh, I think that's exciting. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. Uh, so uh, next week, uh, this is a, an episode that's actually already recorded and I was on it. It was super fun. Uh, is the 2023 year in review. Uh, ever since Retro Encounter has started, uh, we've been doing year in review episodes where we talk about uh, the games that we played that year, some of our favorite experiences on Retro Encounter itself. And I thought it was a great time. Um, so look forward to listening to that next week. Um, and then after that, our game journal for January, and I actually can't remember if this has been announced yet, uh, is Moon, uh, the uh, what's it called? The uh, the anti RPG. Uh, I can't remember the official title. Yeah. Of it. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, that miraculously localized, uh, you know, sort of independent ish uh, anti RPG uh, that do you say it luck to luck. Is that how you say the name? Of the uh, love to luck. OK, uh, so the. That that's going to be what we're going to be talking about in January. I know Ben's going to be on those episodes as well, yep. and I I haven't started spinning it up yet, but I am super excited to play Moon. I've been wanting to play it since it finally got localized. Yeah, that's um, a rare non-controversial localization there. A, a, a perfect translation. <laughs> Maybe it, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Rogers. Tim, Tim Rogers involved yep. in localization. That's and that guy. He's he's amazing. Um, and uh, we'll also in January have uh, episode 400, uh, which I will be on. Uh, I don't actually know what it's going to be. Slosi's told us, but like it's, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, gimmick episodes from Slosi, and he does an amazing job with it. And while I don't really understand the concept, I'm excited because he does a great job with them. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll let him talk about what's coming up after that. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email uh, retro at rpgfan.com. Uh, Slosi checks that a couple times a week. You can also find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Discord, on YouTube. Scott, who's with us today, uh, streams on Twitch almost every day. Yep, yep, yep. 
Uh, he's a machine. He does an amazing job. Does a great job with the community. You should come join us. Uh, we also have an RPG fan shop, and I can also say this today as well. Uh, so we've been selling things through. Uh, uh, we're selling T-shirts and mugs and things like that, and you can check that out on our site. Uh, but also, this is very recently announced. Uh, we have our RPG fan review card book uh, that just dropped with uh, the uh, with 300 pages of RPG fan review cards. Looks sort of like a magazine. Uh, with review cards that were originally designed by Steph, uh, who anybody who's seen her work knows that she is an amazing artist. Um, and she did incredible work on doing those on Instagram and it got is the opportunity. The, it is the Sears catalog of role-playing games. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we got the opportunity to publish it with, uh, with this company. And um, I already have two pre-publication copies of it sitting on my shelf. I'm looking at them right now. And I'll be buying a post-publication copy of it very soon here. Uh, because it's awesome not just to see my own words in print but also because it just looks so cool seriously go check it out um it is absolutely worth it um and if you love magazines in the 90s uh, for video games you're gonna love this uh we also have two other fine podcasts uh both post on mondays usually one is random encounter hosted by john o logan uh usually about current events uh and we also have rhythm encounter uh, which is about rpg music usually hosted by mike salvato uh, you can uh, review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We love feedback. Five-star variety is the best kind, of course. Um, and uh, before we sign off, uh, let's let everybody know where to find us. So, uh, Noah, what's the best way to contact you? You can find me at Noah K um, on Blue Sky and Noahpolitan pretty much anywhere else, like the ice cream, Neapolitan, but Noah. <laughs> Perfect. It's cute. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Uh, and Scott, what's the best way to contact you? You can contact me on our Discord because that's probably the only social media platform I actually use anymore. Uh, good, or you can just you. find us on Twitch. You can talk to me on Twitch. You talk to me almost every day. I'm there. I'll answer all questions. We can talk about Lunar. <laughs> awesome. And Ben, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, you can email me at benloganlove at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, the best way is email zachw at rpgfan.com. And you can also find me on RPG Fans Discord as Zach W. Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, again, thanks, uh, the three of you, uh, for coming up to talk about one of my all-time favorite games. Uh, no matter, uh, even if people think that I don't love it, I really do love Lunar. Uh, and I, uh, it, it was a blast to just talk about the differences and like the little tweaks that were, were made between the, the, the four versions here. It absolutely was a blast. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It was and such a I want Lunar, Lunar 3. three. Come on, <laughs> Lunar 3. I hold out hope. I don't believe Victor <laughs> Ireland ever saw that game like he claims he did, but... <laughs> I hold yeah. out hope every year. You know, you could actually look at some really interesting history of uh, Victor Ireland's interactions with Lunarnet, an RPG fan. Like, he had yeah. some serious beef with us in the early days. Of course awesome. he did. <laughs> he, was, he was a dude. He still is a dude. I guess he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, thank you, listeners. Good night and good luck. Good night.